you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Andrew. All right, chaps. Monsieur Eric. Monsieur uh-huh. Marcus. What am I writing this week? <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you asked. I am just tickled that you asked. Because we're going to do uh, a novel that is very near and dear to my heart. Okay. Uh, mine and Marcus's. Uh, it's a book called... Look. The Name of the Wind, written the name of the wind. by Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, the Name this, of the Wind. This book, Andrew, is of course the originator of sham fiction. Didn't come yeah, up with the concept, but you've heard us talking about it for years. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. But uh, so I, you, I, I look forward to being reintroduced to it. Of course, you may remember this more. We, we refer to this often as King Killer. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about King Killer, this is what we're talking about. Because this is book one of the King Killer Chronicle. This is day one of the King Killer Chronicle. Uh, it is, like I said, written by P- the, the lovely and bearded Patrick Rothfuss. Uh, <laughs> originally published on uh, March 27, 2007 by DAW Books. Uh, a fun fact, uh, Lionsgate has recently acquired the rights to Ooh. this and so you may see uh perhaps a movie uh cool. perhaps a television show perhaps video games uh which is all very exciting yeah um as a book you can find it wherever books are sold uh i personally have my uh my my uh soft cover uh copy that i got at the uh, minneapolis st paul international airport uh <laughs> s- signed airport by, by by mr rothfuss which is very exciting <laughs> in that i never got to meet him because i just bought it signed i i also have an airport signed copy of the books uh but in addition i have the kindle copies and i have the lovely audiobooks which are narrated Ooh. excellently by nick podell nice so uh pick it up it's definitely great but andrew you're not allowed to pick it up because we gotta nope. tell you about it right now yep so uh this is a heroic fantasy book uh novel it is it is uh tolkienian in its scope there's Ooh, so much depth. There's so much good world building in this. Um, I personally love it because it's it's written in a way that makes me care, and I don't understand why. It's it's hard <laughs> to explain why I like this book. I mean, the, I love the magic because there's magic. Ooh. I love all the characters, um, but it, there's something about the way it's written that just makes me care about things like how many how many coins does our main character have in his pocket at any given moment it makes me care about every stupid little detail and i love it i can't get enough of it the <laughs> prose in this book is just beautiful really good prose here so just, no yeah. pressure we're yeah. <laughs> not setting up a high standard or anything 
Um, but uh, I'm going to give you just a kind of a brief overview of all the main characters you can find, because I think that's kind of the heart of this, is laying out the characters. And then, uh, Marcus, uh, what would you like? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that we're going to talk about characters from a specific slice of this book. Okay. Because this book and the King Killer Chronicle in general, huge, expansive stories within stories. So to keep it simple, to be able to do this as a podcast, we're going to focus on a specific time during Quoth's journey during the first day of the story. So we're not going to give you all the characters. We're not going to give you all the magic. We're going to give you enough to write a story. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good, great. Good point. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. We would we would take years to try to tell you every detail about this book, and that would be no fun for you, Andrew, or for anybody listening. So it's a good point. We'll just kind of give you, give you a slice of what's happening right now before letting you loose. Sounds good. So first and most important person that you need to know is Quoth. Quoth? Quoth? Quoth. Quoth. With a, with a, with a th. Quoth. Like the Raven. V, there, there's, there's, I'm just going to spell it for you. I know okay. this is not kosher, but it's K-V-O-T-H-E. Quoth. I was, I was right except for the V. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a surprise V. So Quoth is amazing. Short amazing. story is that he is the, basically the greatest 15 year old who ever lived. He is the smartest the wittiest, the most talented uh, person imaginable. It's just, it's ridiculous how good he is at absolutely everything. If, if Quoth encounters a problem, he will overcome that problem. And he will do it faster than anyone could have possibly expected. He's just that good. That's pretty good. And That's it'll be good. worthy of songs that he might compose himself because he's yeah. great at that too. Of course. Absolutely. So to give you a brief backstory, um, Quoth is of the Idimaru, which uh, is a, uh, a trooper group. He used to travel around with his family who lived in wagons and they performed for the village people in whatever town they stopped in. Uh, and they were uh, a ethnic uh, enclave of uh, this group called the Idimaru. Um, are they kind of like gypsies? Is that the idea? Kind of. Okay. Except uh, uh, he makes they make a distinction, too. They say we're not just your regular band of miscreants. Uh, you know, we don't steal. We don't, we don't uh, scam people. They just perform, and they do it well. They're the best performers in the world. And he is of this troupe, so he is one of the best performers ever. Um, so, uh, lo- to make a long story short, uh, his family and all his entire troop is killed brutally. Whoops. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. But, oh, yep. uh, spoilers, by the way, people. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Well, you know, th- th- that's like, what, 200 pages in, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, so spoilers. His family is Go killed. Ahead. Yeah. Uh, by this group, this very mysterious, magical, who knows what the hell they are group called the Chandrian. And what, Chandrian? Chandrian. For me. Chandrian. Chandrian. Yeah. Chandrian. It means seven of them. And that just means there are seven of them. They're mysterious. They're, they're uh, legendary figures that are only known for their destructive nature. They're like demonic in a way. Nobody really knows what they are, but there are legends and stories forever about them. Uh, so Quoth uh, has uh, lived homeless for a long time, and now we find him at the university right 
This is the university. It's near a town called Imre. 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 Thank you, Marcus, who has listened to the audiobook so he knows how these things are pronounced. So thank you, Nick Podell. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's it's this uh, university. It's it's this amazing place. All the world's knowledge is here. This is where you go to uh, learn anything, basically, in this world. Uh, and Marcus, you wanna you wanna give some some examples of those things you might learn? Oh yeah. So this is, you know, it's a place where you can study basic things, histories, languages, etc. But you can also enter what's called the Arcanum, and the Arcanum is where you practice the arcane arts, which means magic. There are a bunch of different types of magic you can learn there. Uh, in brief, there's sympathy, sigildry, naming, and alchemy. And we'll go a little bit into sympathy, which is the main magic, and that's what you'll want to be writing about. But we'll, we'll loop back to that. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Quoth, he's in school. He's studying. He's the poorest human being you could imagine. He's Super got, poor. He's got like two pennies in his pocket, and, and, uh, and he knows it. And he's uh, trying to get through school. He's trying to pay his way through school. He's trying to learn more about the Chandrian so that he can maybe one day avenge his family. Uh, and he is joined at this school by a few lovely characters. Uh, he's got two close friends. They're named Sim and Will. Sim and Will. Sim is uh, a bit of a romantic. Will is foreign. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, He's sealedish. <laughs> sealedish. He's what? Oh, oh! I thought you pronounced it with a hard C. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's sealedish. Sealedish. sealed-ish. Yeah, I I see him as kind of like just like a Russian guy, I guess. When I read yeah. it. <laughs> uh, the another person who goes to the school who is not Quoth's friend is Ambrose Jackies. Ambrose. And uh, Ambrose is the unfriendly rival to Quoth. They hate each other. They're always uh, quarreling with each other. He's a basically a pompous rich kid who uh, he's got a powerful family, and yeah. nobody dares okay. stand up against him because he is so rich and powerful that he could... Uh, what he has done, as is alluded to the books, uh, is bought... Uh, if there's somebody who doesn't, he doesn't like, he'll buy their debt from them and basically force them to uh i don't know be his slave or something like that it doesn't sound good it's alluded he's not a good guy he's not a great he, guy. he thinks that he has all the power and privilege in the world and he basically does so quoth ran afoul of him immediately mm-hmm. and quoth being as proud as he is can't stop fighting with this guy even though it causes him no end of hurt in the world yeah, all his friends, Will and Sim, are just like, you got to stop. You, you can't just, just let it go, you know, be the bigger man and just don't continue this fight. But he's like, no, no, he's a bully. And the only way to stop a bully is to stand up to him. And so that's kind of his attitude. Um, uh, there are a couple more characters here. Uh, Denna, Denna is the name of Quoth's uh, OTP. His one true pairing, his <laughs> his the love of his life that he knows nothing about that he met once, and and they had a connection, and she is the most beautiful, most amazing girl in the world. Uh, I don't know how old she's supposed to be because Quoth is fifteen, so she's maybe sixteen. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe a little older. Yeah, somewhere out, somewhere around there. Either way, Quoth has like the brain of like a 
Oh gosh, I a million year old. Yeah, a million year old, <laughs> like an immortal. Uh huh. So age doesn't really matter all that much. Um, but Denna, she is a pixie, a manic pixie dream girl. Okay. She she just she's flighty. She shows up now and again, and rocks quotes world. But they never you know do anything about it. They've never kissed. They've it's it's unrequited. It's, exactly. Perfect. At this point in our story, Quoth is completely ignorant of women. So while every woman in the world wants Quoth, I mean, Obviously. ladies love cool Quoth. Uh, <laughs> LL Cool K. Yeah. Even though everyone wants him, everyone loves him because he's so great, he doesn't understand that. He doesn't know that, and he doesn't know what to do with the woman, even if he were bright enough to figure out that she liked him. Absolutely. Um and so I think at this point, because th- those are kind of the, the main characters you really need to know, there are some like teachers and professors who play in uh, predominantly in the story, but uh, you know, I don't think they really matter for, for this right now. That's, it doesn't no. really affect his life too much. For, for the story that we want you to tell uh, is while Quoth is at the university. There's a passage where he says something specifically that he had a bunch of fights with Ambrose that he didn't chronicle, that he's not going to tell about. Because uh, even though they're the greatest fights ever and they're worthy of song and story, he just doesn't have the time. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so, really interesting, nice Quoth. No, no, it's not interested. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, it, it, it is interesting. He just doesn't have the time. So yeah, you're going to yeah. tell us one of those interesting stories. Yep, oh, it I'm going to tell left one of these open. stories. It, it says specifically in the book, like, oh, we had many a run-ins, uh, mm-hmm. meaning Quoth and Ambrose, but we haven't seen it. So this is a good opportunity for some fan fiction. Um, so, uh, Marcus. Yeah. Let's get into the magic a little bit. If sure. If you wouldn't mind explaining how, uh, how sympathy works. Sure. So... I, I won't be able to go into all the rules of sympathy, but sympathy is basically the the most uh, fundamental form of magic in this world. It's not great magic where you can make anything do whatever you want. That's called naming, and it's beyond close reach. Sympathy is like science. Uh, basically, it's making two things connect to each other in an invisible way. Like, you, you imagine in your mind, using what's called an alar, that two coins are the same then you mutter what's called a binding, and you can pick up one of these coins and the other one floats into the air, okay? But with that, there are a few rules. So the less similar the things are, the harder it is to perform sympathy from one to the other, and the more energy that you need to make that transaction. So, so picking up a feather, uh, if, you, if you bind it to a bowling ball, won't work very well because they're right. very dissimilar. But two so sh- bowling balls you could do, or two feathers you could do very easily. Yeah, it's shape, it's it's uh, the material that it's made out of. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's just the rudiments of it. And there are lots of clever things you can do there. Obviously, you can make things fly, you can make things hot, you can make things drown. Uh, you can attack people, but attacking people is very, very much unallowed by the university. It's called malfeasance. And Quoth is too clever to get caught doing that or to do it in any real way that would hurt someone. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. He seems to kind of get away with a lot. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, he's been brought up on charges of malfeasance many times. Yes. So, uh, like, another example, just so you can understand what sympathy is. Um, so, the alar. Uh, the alar is basically a belief. 
a rock-solid belief in something that you will. So this is something that you invent. For instance, if you have two candles, say, if you have two candles, you can you believe that they're the same candle, mm-hmm. and that would be an alar. That would be holding this idea in your in your mind. So when you light uh, one candle on fire, the other candle will light on fire because you believe it to be so, and you have bound them with a uh, with a binding. And so that's just another Interesting. example. Uh, it gets complicated because you can actually hold multiple uh, ideas, multiple beliefs in your mind. Uh, multiple is that just multiple alars? Is it all part? Yeah. Of- so you, you split your mind into multiple pieces, and you you have alars for each of those. Uh, so uh, the the point is, uh, get creative with magic. If right. you're going to use magic, which I highly suggest you do, uh, get get funky with it. Uh, with that uh, candle example, you could also uh, imag- like have a, an idea in your head that this flame is the same as the flame over, that in, over there in that bonfire, and that will strengthen the flame on the candle. For instance. Oh, yeah. so like so you, you have a combine. candle burning with a bonfire strength all of a sudden, well, if you believe in, in it. Addition, in addition to the link, that's what we call the source. Okay, so the source is what pulls power into the equation. Uh, if you have a strong source, like a big brazier fire, fire, uh, it's a lot easier to light things that are dissimilar. So your link doesn't have to be as good if your source is stronger, and vice versa. Your source doesn't have to be as good as if your link is stronger. Yeah. And okay, just, so you, there's a clear source and then a clear yeah, object. Yeah, so you can't, you can't make or destroy energy in this because right. it's just like science. Um, so you have to draw energy from something to make things happen. So in the example of picking up uh, a penny and making the other penny rise as well, the energy is just coming from your own body, your own muscles lifting. So that's easy. But something like lighting a fire with, uh, with sympathy requires uh, either an external source of energy or just drawing body heat from yourself. Lots of different ways you can draw energy into the equation. Although drawing body heat can give you binders chills or hypothermia. Oh, that's dangerous. So that's very dangerous. Only uh-huh. use in dire situations. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my, yes. But the other thing that Quilt does, he's not always at the university. He is he's a trooper. He plays the lute. So sometimes he's over at the Aeolian, which is where he uh, will play to try to get tips so that he can survive. The Aeolian. It's the... the best music club in town it's it's your your basic uh medieval sort of lord of the ringsian inn where there's uh there's a bar and it's tables and people are hanging out and having a good time uh but it's got a big stage and people come from miles around just to listen to the music at this uh at this establishment uh and uh quoth is of course good enough that he has played here and he has earned the right to play there whenever he wants. Because yep. he's so good. Because he's the best. Because he's the best uh, at everything. So I think we've done a pretty good job of giving you a setup. Let's give you a few bits of texture that really will help make this feel like the name of the wind. Make it feel like the King Killer Chronicle. So the, the first thing that I have to mention is that this has to be written in the first person. Because sure. this story is told by the older Quoth recounting his adventures. So he, he talks about his foolishness, he talks about his triumphs, but it's the old quote talking about the truth behind the legends. So first person is your first challenge. Okay. That's, that's, that's an entry fee. 
you got to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So first person, but from older quotes perspective. Yeah. Yes. Specifically. Okay. So uh, other other things. The money, uh, I think, is a good piece of texture. Um, the uh, the money goes as such. It's a base ten system, uh, where the lowest denomination is a drab. Uh, ten drabs is a jot, and ten jots is a silver talent. So drab, jot, talent. It's it goes higher than that too. He talks about money all the time because constantly. he's super super poor. Super poor. Doesn't want anybody to know he's super poor, but he's super poor. Okay, so drab is like a penny, and a tot is a dime. Uh, no, th- these are bigger currencies than that. Assign whatever value you want. Okay. A-, a couple talents could give you room and lodge for an entire semester. Oh, wow. Okay, talents are a lot. So yep. think of maybe a, a... I don't know. Yeah, that's that's hard to say. Just whatever value you want. It's it's metal. It's 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 valuable metal. <laughs> so there's um, some particular phrasings that you just got to get in there. What are some of those, Eric? Oh, my, yes. Um, so uh, there's something that people say a lot, and I just because I want to see some inclusion, maybe it's bonus sure. points. Um, they reference God a lot in their, uh, in their, uh, what do you call it? Their, when you, when you stub your they're toe. They're idioms. They're, yeah, they're, there you uh, go. Oh, they're, they're cursing, uh, they're, they're God. Telu is the, yep. the name of the God. So they say things that are referencing parts of God. So they say things like God's body or, uh, God's balls or God's tits and teeth. Yeah. So I want to see some variation of that. But they say, like, Taylor's tits and teeth? Well, they <laughs> they do God. for the alliteration. Uh, Taylor's tits and teeth is always... But oh, yeah, God's nice. body. Yeah. Uh, you've got the heart of stone, which is where you, you bring all your focus about. You have an alar like Ramson Steel. Oh, God. <laughs> Ramson Steel. Everything can be uh, compared to Ramson Steel. Yep. Ramson... Remington Steel? Exactly. Here's Brosnan? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so I think that's that's so much. Let's stop it now. Yeah. Andrew, it's, I'm I feeling pretty good about this. Uh, any questions? No questions. Yeah, let me sum up here. Uh, let's sum it up because I feel pretty good about this. Like, I mean, just you guys saying that you want me to tell a story of one of Quoth and, and Ambrose's run-ins, one of their fabled battles, if you will. Yes, sir. That... He hasn't had enough time to tell so far. Um, <laughs> that's that's good, given that you've given me the background on the characters in the world. So let's do this. All right. So I'm going to be writing sham fiction for The Name of the Wind, which is a King Killer Chronicle. Uh, it's a heroic fantasy. It's Tolkienian. Um, it has very. It's written in very eloquent prose. So I'm going to have to be real good about my. I'm going to have to write real good for this real one. Good. <laughs> real good. Real uh, good. It follows Quoth who's amazing he's the best 15 year old ever Uh he's good at literally everything including writing songs uh he used to be in a party of performers his family were performers called the oh gosh edimaru that's what i wrote down i wrote that down phonetically so perfect (laughs) we'll see how that goes um they were well-regarded performers and they were killed Mm -hmm. by the chandrians an old, powerful evil made up of seven bad guys. You said it. Um, no one believes is real. Oh, oh no one believes that they're real? That's a good point. Yeah. He's seen Even them. at the university, they think they're a stupid fairy tale. That's interesting. 
Good point. Good good catch. Boogeyman. All right. Okay, so yeah, so uh, quote, he's now a student at a university called M-Ray, uh, but he's still poor. <laughs> Go with it. Just let it happen. Okay. This is what okay. I wrote down. Just let it happen, Marcus. Um, they study magic, which is called Arcanum, uh, and one of the <laughs> schools of magic is Sympathy. Um <laughs> Not not school as in like Hogwarts, but uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, his friends it. are called Sim and Will, and the most that I know about them is Sim is a romantic, and Will is kind of Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ambrose, who is the unfriendly rival, the rich and powerful, the the, the Draco Malfoy to the Harry Potter. Word. Um, d- was it Dema or Dena with an N or an M? With an N. N is in Nancy. <laughs> Good. All right, they're the OTP, the Manic tri- Pixie, Jim yes. Girl, Unrequited Love. Quoth is good at literally everything, but he doesn't know anything about women for some reason. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a blind spot. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, sympathy again is a is a type of magic. Uh, it's like science; you can't create or destroy matter when using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make two things bind in interesting ways. Um, the less the alike those two things are, the harder it is to bind. Requires more energy, shape, composition, the state of matter, that sort of thing. Uh, malfeasance is when you use magic uh, in distasteful ways for violence, I guess, um, mm-hmm. which the university looks down upon. Um, and then you mentioned Alar, which is believing in something st- so strongly that it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you perform this magic. Um, but you also have to draw from a source of energy called, or the source. Um, mm-hmm. And that drawing energy from the body in too large of a dose can be dangerous. Oh, yeah. All you got right. it. Yeah. Um, and then there's the end, the aloe. Oh, man, Alloyan? Is it is an aioli? Is it like a sauce? It's a it's a sweet aioli. Yes, go with that. If that helps you pronounce it, yes. That's where he performs. There's a big stage. This has to be written in the first person, and the currency is Drab Jot's talents, and the god is Telu. There we go. There you go. Bonus points for me, Andrew. Before you run off and write, Uh, I want to see one of those uh, one of those expressions with God. God's something. Taylor's something has got to be in there. Somebody's got to exclaim that at some point. But get creative with it. And my bonus points, Andrew. Three is an important number in magic. So three times, Quoth must say, "I am a Dimaru." before making a brag about his prowess <laughs> as a performer or a storyteller. He, I... he loves he loves pointing out that I oh. am a Dimaru. <laughs> He's going to come across as so pompous. I love it. I'm so excited. And uh, Mr. Rothfuss, if you're listening to this at any point, please come on, tell us a better version of this. Because <laughs> we love it. And if we hey, did it to hey, service. Hey, give Andrew a chance. This could oh, be, Andrew's going to crush this it. This could be fantastic. And don't be afraid of violence. Don't be afraid of uh, of a little bit of heat, you know? Go, go hog wild. The heat? Oh, man. Hog wild. I'm going to write that just, down. Just go for it. All right. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully, I will be of the Adimaru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. So I'm looking forward to doing this, guys. I'm going to take off, and I'm going to write this thing. Thanks a lot. Take Thanks. speed. Thanks.
Hey, podcast people. If you like subscribing to things, I highly suggest you subscribe to Sham Fiction. Even if you don't like subscribing, it's, it's a good habit to get into. Why? Because when you subscribe, you'll get a new episode of Sham Fiction delivered straight to your magical pocket device every single Sunday. If you're feeling generous, you could rate our show as well. Either way, subscribing on iTunes is the best way to tell us that you're listening to Sham Fiction, and that helps us out greatly. So thanks for listening to the show. I hope you're enjoying it. Let's get back to it. All right, Marcus. Well, Andrew Neal is away writing his uh, chronicle of the King Killer, I guess. Uh, I just want to ask you, what do you think that he's going to bring to the table today? Oh, boy. So what I hope he would bring to the table is what my bonus point should have been, which is have Quoth sing an original song of Andrew's composition. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, that would have been great. But uh, I don't think there's much of a chance of no, that. No, that, that's kind of a, a left field chance, maybe, yeah. but not likely. What I, what I actually predict is that Andrew is going to either maim or kill someone using sympathy. Uh, and that malfeasance will play very, very heavily into this storyline. Okay, okay. Um, I'm really hoping to see... Cash, you said music. You said, like, a song. That would be great. Um, really, what I what I predict is that Quoth is going to show uh, a skill, an amazing perfect skill in something that we've never even considered. So I just want to oh, sure. see the... Turns out I'm a really great janitor, or something random like that. I am a Dimaru, and we have cleaned <laughs> stages all throughout the country. <laughs> no uh, one so. can mop like we do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, why not? Oh, uh, so let's uh, let's just bring him in. Yeah, if he's done, let's let's hear this thing. <laughs> yeah, the cur- the curtain is drawn. Let's open it up. Bring out our our favorite bard. And we're back, or I'm back at least, guys, from uh We were from, already from here. Writing. We're all back. You were already here. <laughs> We've been it's sitting here for a week, week waiting for you. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry to keep you waiting. Um, I've just been writing this, uh, this, this very interesting bit of sham fiction for you guys to enjoy, and for all our dear, dear listeners, of course. Well, we'll be the judge of that, Andrew. <laughs> so, I'm really... I'm curious to see what you think. Uh, I think I went in a different direction than you might be expecting. Oh, man. You know that now that you say that, Andrew, uh, Marcus, I know this is uncouth or perhaps unquoth, but uh, I'll I'll, I'll take that. I'll take it. I'm going to throw in another prediction right before the reading. I'm here. I'm listening. Should I I earmuffs? I got headphones on. It's too late for you to change it. I am going to predict that Andrew Neal, with him listening here, oh my goodness. is going to tell us what the name of the wind is. Just, just <laughs> saying. Just saying. Ooh. You don't have to live up to that, Andrew. That's just that's it just came to me. Oh to my goodness. I guys, I wrote uh in the name of the king a dungeon siege tale. Oh no! <laughs> No! With, with, with Jason no. Statham. Yeah, that's that's what I thought you were describing. <laughs> Both sounded like Jason Statham. So that's what I did. Oh, goodness. I lit. I kid. I oh. kid. 
Though I may be aping a different movie, one that you might not be expecting at all, and maybe you might pick up on it at some point. We'll see. Oh, the suspense is killing me. Great. All right, so let's 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 do this thing. All right. Yep. All right. Here we go. This is this is Andrew Neal's in the name of the. Oh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the name of the wind uh, of the King Killer Chronicles, starring Quoth. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I believe you wanted to hear about one of my confrontations with my rival, Ambrose, back at Emory. There are quite many from which to choose, but with our time being short here and now, I believe I have the perfect option. It is perhaps not the most grandiose choice, but I am fond of it nonetheless. My friends <laughs> Sim and Will and I were at the Aeolian, the inn near the university where, we, I, where I would perform regularly. Although we were boys then, due to my talents and Adimru heritage, the barkeep would serve us <laughs> ale. It tasted of piss, but we didn't care. <laughs> we had many fine a time there at the Aeolian. This particular evening began no differently. I was to perform later that night, and Sim and Will were along to support me. We were imbibing the piss ale and prodding each other about our <laughs> failed attempts at courtship. Sim, as you know, was a hopeless romantic. He fell in love with every girl who gave him the least bit of attention. On this occasion, one of Sim's girls was at the inn. I recall it vividly, as I too had been admiring this girl from afar. I had seen her before, around campus. Her name was Denna. Sim <laughs> caught me gazing at her sitting at a table nearby, and he punched me in the shoulder. Taylor's tits, I said, grimacing. Steady on, Sim. I'm going to need that arm later. <laughs> Don't go getting any funny ideas, dear Quoth, Sim replied. That one's mine. Yours, eh? I said with a smirk. And how's that? I don't see you over there with an arm around her. In due time, Sim began. I'm simply working up courage, Will finished. <laughs> he gestured to the pint in Sim's hand. Sim grinned. Precisely, he said, and with that he drank down the rest of his ale and jumped to his feet. Wish me luck, fellows. Do us proud, I called after him. Sim walked toward Denna's table with the, ki- with the confidence bestowed upon him by youth and ale. Will and I watched as he approached his target. She was sitting with another girl whose back was toward us. We could hear their conversation as the room was small and uncrowded. Hello, ladies, Sim began. How's your evening going? I saw Denna smile for, at her friend. She had a lovely smile. Our evening has been good, Denna replied. How are you? Spectacular, Sim said, much louder than he had intended. The girls laughed, and I heard Will groan beside me. Sim continued, I'm just enjoying a pint with my friends. A pint, Denna asked. You look a tad young for that. Nah, Sim assured her. The barkeep knows my friends and me. We're regulars. Sim paused for a reaction here. I recall Denna nodding her head in feigned admiration. I could see that she was faking it from across the room, while Sim just carried on obliviously. I haven't seen you in here before, but I believe I know you, he said to Denna. Do you now? she replied. Yes, yes, you study at Emory? (laughs) We do. We're, We're in our second year. As Sim tried to connect with Denna by discussing studies, my attention was pulled by an approaching threat. Oh no, I heard Will say. It was Ambrose. My rival was slowly sauntering up behind Sim, flanked by his usual coterie. 
His countenance bore that incessant smirk, a constant reminder of his privilege and entitlement. At the sight of him, I felt my body grow warm as anger flooded me. Ambrose gave Sim two very hard, very deliberate pokes on the back. Sim turned, and his face went pale immediately. I caught his eye glance over quickly to Will and me. Ambrose, Sim began. Unusual to see you here. What are you doing, Sim? Ambrose asked. Are you boring this beautiful creature with your first-year horse manure? (laughs) Back off, Ambrose, Denna demanded, but Ambrose ignored her. She's a second-year kid, he continued. (laughs) You have nothing to say to her. Can you even name the books in the Arcanum? Uh, 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 Sim hesitated. He had been caught completely off guard, and by no less than Ambrose, who greatly intimidated him. Taylor's Ta- Ambrose cursed. Can you at least tell me how many books there are in the Arcanum? In his panic, Sim was at a complete loss. Ambrose started to laugh, and his entourage joined in. Before I knew it, I was standing between my friend and my rival. I could feel my heart beating against my chest, as if it wished to break out and strike a victorious blow to this enemy. (laughs) And what about you, Ambrose? I began. Can you name those books? I didn't think you went to class. I thought you paid people to do that for you. (laughs) Ambrose's smile faded. He looked upon me with dark, hateful eyes. I have better things to do than waste my time proving anything to you, filth, he said. It pains me that Emery accepts any wayward peddler off the street. I am a Demaru, I stated. An ancient and regarded clan. I earn my education through dedication and hard work rather than jots and talents. Ambrose's companions started at this, but their leader stopped them with a wave of his hand. Edimaru, Ambrose growled. Your commitment to that title is relentless. After our last meeting, I asked my father about your clan. He claims to have seen them perform before their demise. He said their show was a mummer's farce. I had to call upon every ounce of my will in that moment in order to stifle the desire to attack. Ambrose could tell. His smile returned to him, and, to add further insult, he burped in my face. (laughs) At this, his companions broke into hysterical laughter. However, rather than tip me over the edge, the burp gave me an idea. (laughs) Sim, do you have a matchbook? I asked. Sim was startled to be brought back into the conversation. Uh, no, he replied. I do, Denna's friend said. I turned and she handed it to me. I caught Denna's eye as I turned back to Ambrose. She seemed concerned at my actions, but a slight raise of her eyebrow teased curiosity. Ambrose, I began, the stench of your belch betrays you. You've been drinking tonight. What of it? he challenged. Are you, are you going to tell on me? He snorted dismissively. No, I replied. There's no need for that. I'm simply interested in whether or not you'd like to take part in a little demonstration of first-year magic. I brandished the matchbook. 
What are you gonna do? Ambrose asked. Burn me with your ickle matches? That's pathetic. He and his cohorts chuckled. On their own, yes, I agreed. They don't have much bite. However, I paused to strike one of the matches. A diminutive flame appeared on its end. I held the lit match with a steady hand between Ambrose and myself and continued. When combined with a healthy fuel source, this little flame can do a great amount of damage. A fuel source like, say, the alcohol currently held in your stomach. (laughs) Ambrose's countenance became grave. You wouldn't dare risk malfeasance, he said. Wouldn't I? I asked. I thought I was a lowly peddler, a ruffian with hardly two drabs in my purse. What do I have to lose? Ambrose looked at the match's flame as it burned ever closer to my fingers. Although the heat of the flame caused me great discomfort, my hand remained steady, as did my gaze, directly into the eyes of my rival. A moment after the flame began to lick my fingertips, Ambrose took one last contemptuous look at me and turned away. He and his posse left the bar without another word, and I blew the match out as I watched them go. I cannot believe it, a voice said. I turned around. It belonged to Denna. That idiot actually believed you could do that, she said. (laughs) Performing sympathy with a source inside another person's body? That's incredibly difficult magic, even for an advanced user. She let out a laugh, which made my heart skip a beat. (laughs) In reply, I simply shrugged and grinned. A few hours later... After another great performance on the Aeolian stage, I was walking down the street with Denna beside me. I don't recall what we were discussing, because I was just so overwhelmed to be in her presence. I do, however, recall passing by Ambrose and his cohorts sitting on the patio of an expensive cafe. They didn't acknowledge us as we walked by, but before we rounded a corner, Denna stopped and shouted back at them. Hey, Ambrose! He perked up and saw us. What? he answered. Do you like apples? she asked. (laughs) Ambrose looked confused at this. Uh, yeah? Why? he replied. Denna gestured back and forth between herself and me, drawing focus to the two of us. Together. And she shouted back. How do you like them apples? And with that, she pulled me around the corner, and we walked off laughing into the night. The end. Oh, that's, that's pretty good, Will. Hunting. Oh. Wow. Wow. Oh. oh, my gosh. Uh, I feel we have to say immediately for any listener who didn't realize that Andrew is writing goodwill quoting. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't get that until that last line. Really? Really? Yeah, the, the apples. I, I just, oh, that's I don't great. know it well enough. When, when I just broke down and completely uh-huh. lost it midway through the story, it was because yeah. I realized he was doing exactly that. <laughs> you don't even know what books are in the Arcanum. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all makes sense now. I was dying. 
I I thought you were dying at all the like blatant inaccuracies from the book. Oh, those too. Those too. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh. Good job. Thank mm. you. That's weird. That's insane. <laughs> I'm I'm I feel stupid now that I didn't pick up on it. Oh sooner. no no that that was kind of the game that <sighs> I was kind of going in with this with is how long it would take you guys to to pick up on it. You just um, you ruined me. <laughs> uh, it's it's as if Andrew was was telling you about about your world, Marcus. Oh, don't tell me about my world. <laughs> don't tell me about my world. Oh. Lord, God, what to even say about this? This was... You, what to? You delivered in, in a very straightforward way. I know, okay. I, I know you, you said that this is going to be different than we expected. And, and yes, I guess it is because <laughs> you just aped Goodwill <laughs> Hunting. Uh, but at the same time, you like hit all the bullet points that we told you about this, about this property. So yeah. uh, I commend you for your, for your commitment to the to the assignment okay uh, very well done cool can we i talk a lot, about we got a lot in the parts go ahead can i talk about some of the wrongness that i was laughing about oh please there's so much good wrongness we have <laughs> to dive in i can't say these are all your fault or you know maybe even any of them your fault just we we gave you so much um so the first thing that just cracked me up was how casual quoth <laughs> was talking about dinner and sim because uh-huh. quote quote's entire world revolves around Dina, <laughs> just oh yeah that, that girl Dina, uh, who who in this story goes to the university, it's just a, in second year because there are years in this story as well. <laughs> it's Freshman, like sophomore, right? Yeah, um, and then the Arcanum being a library uh-huh. or something. That got me. That was good. How many books are in the Arcanum? So, so I knew that the Arcanum was a, was magic, but I couldn't remember like what like sympathy and those other things were called. <laughs> so I was like, they're called books, right? I'll go with books because I'm, let's, let's oh. do it. Oh. Uh, then, gosh, you had Imray instead of the university. Imray's the city next to the university. It's not the uh, name yet, of the university. I feel there like were... Andrew kept saying Emery. The place is called Emery. Oh. Emery. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait. Now, the, Emery's the name of the town? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's next door to the university. It's oh the, the town of Imre. The, Im- the matchbook. Highly anachronistic. Also, Ambrose, <laughs> tell on me for drinking in this world where everything is alcohol. <laughs> and I loved how you, you filled in the gaps with some D&D. <laughs> You're an advanced magic user. <laughs> Which is always a good thing really to go to else, when in doubt. I not to put it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I loved all those things. Um, oh, yeah. The, the oh, Edema Roo being one single troop. Of yeah. uh, performers as well, very oh, good. Oh gosh! Oh my gosh! That wasn't right either. <laughs> now the Adimaru are a, uh, a, a like a a, a ethnic group, more or less. Yeah. Oh, so they're not. Well, what was the band of performers called? Well, it, just a, they were a, a group, group of Adimaru. Yeah, like an oh, Adimaru troop. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. What? Wow. What was <laughs> dead on? What was absolutely dead on though was. Uh, you had this one line, and it was, it was basically a throwaway, but you said, I don't even recall what we were talking about. Exactly. I was just so happy to be close to Dinah. Thank that you. That was perfect name of the wind. Mm-hmm. That totally summarizes it. Cool. 
Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, I think the, with that, one of the things that you did actually really well, just right off the bat from the very first line, was that your first-person narration, um, it was a little more over the top than than uh, the book, but it was very close. Like, as far oh, as tone mm, goes, like this kind of boastful, uh, past-tense uh, quality is is very present in the book, and you nailed it. So, good job. That's great. So how did you approach this? Yeah, um, so I really latched on to the fact that it was a university story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And when you said it was like this confrontation between these two guys, I don't know where it came from. But the fact that, again, college story and like these rather, I didn't know how to approach the magic because the magic system confused me. Um <laughs> I, I was like, oh my goodness, binding things and fuel sources, and I was trying to think it through, and I was like, man, I want to do like a kick-ass like, battle between these two guys, <laughs> but I think I'm going to be, and not that it's like the whole point to be accurate, but I'm going to be so wildly off base with this that I'm not going to enjoy it myself, so I decided to go in a completely different direction and make it more an intellectual battle and and something between these guys trying to outwit one another um and goodwill hunting and that scene just popped into my head and and i was like okay i'm just gonna go all in with this and that's what we're gonna do so that's where i went with it <laughs> so, you went taylor's balls deep with it oh wow wow you just said that <laughs> <laughs> allowed. I say that all the time. <laughs> uh, I want to see that in book three now. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. So points because uh, uh, di- bonus points at least. Bonus uh, points. What yes. did we have? We had. Uh, I can't even remember. What were, where are our bonus points? Okay, so, so so Marcus was the Demaru. I he oh, wanted him. I am. I will say you did not get my bonus points. Because I, I said you had to say I am a Dimaru no less than three times. Oh, and I completely spaced that. I only wrote down I am a Dimaru. <laughs> yeah. So uh, unfortunately, you missed those bonus points. Oh man. <sighs> you know he did pretty good though. I mean in the in I mean it wasn't always a line. He did say I am a Dimaru once. It's true. But then there was a lot of the uh, the prose, the narration that did allude to him being a Dimaru. So, although I have to ask you, Eric, would yeah. a Dimaru get his line wrong? I don't think no, so. That's, that's true. So. No, I'm clearly not an, of the Dimaru. Uh, oh my goodness! And 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 Eric, yours was just to get a uh, a Taylu swear in there of that's some right. kind, and you did too. Um, which I got a couple of those in. Pretty Taylu's tits and Taylu's arse. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I didn't know if Taylu had a gender or not. Uh, I guess I went with she's a lady, but she's a god, so I guess she could be whatever the heck she wants. Exactly. That's the spirit. Yeah. Ugh. Oh so, man. Well, yeah. I gotta say, I was very pleased to uh, to hear your 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 jubil your 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 wonderful laughter uh, throughout that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, you entertained us to say the least. Um. I think uh, yeah, your 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 prose was pretty good. I mean, I liked the tone of it, the the using that first person uh, from Quoth's point of view was very good. 
Um, as Marcus mentioned, that uh, that little moment between Quoth and Denna at the end was just spectacular. This was just kind of this uh, this assignment in uh, how wrong can you get it? <laughs> and I think I think we knew that going in because that was what we were setting you up for. We were giving you all these details, and like unless you completely do some invent something brand new and go off in a different direction you're just gonna fall on your face and not to say that it was a bad story but that as a fan of the name of the wind it's all over the place and i love it it's everything i wanted it's just it's oh it's beautiful embrace embrace the inaccuracies i love it uh so marcus any any final thoughts before we give him his score Oh gosh, uh, I I think I'm just ready to do the score. Do you want oh, me to start? Got? I'm ready yeah. for it. What do you I, got? Hit, okay, hit, hit it me. Hit so me. I I'm gonna be a little little critical here. Uh, sure. Because I did want to see you really go off with the sympathy. You know, my bonus points was to see a real sympathy fight. Uh, and your, your hidden bonus points. Yeah, my hidden bonus discussed? points. Okay. Yeah. I want to see you maim or kill someone with sympathy. Uh, <laughs> And I really did like the threat there, but we didn't see the actual fight. I want to see you just go for it. Uh, and then you missed my bonus points, so that hurt me a little bit. Oh, I'm just so I know I, I I really enjoy the story, but I'm going to give you four out of six loot strings. Is what I'm giving oh, you. Oh my goodness! How am I going to uh, perform later, Marcus? There are seven. Are there seven? It's it's a, it's a classic. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A trooper's loot. Which has seven strings. Oh, thank uh, you for for correcting. God's that. body. I'm sorry. I was wrong there. Uh, so I will bump you up to five out of seven. Oh, thank you. Which is proportionately higher. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a better percentage. <laughs> it is. It is a better percentage. And yeah, I did. I did just lose it with the goodwill hunting. <laughs> I'm uh, pleased. I'm pleased. Andrew, yeah. for my score for yeah. you. Um, here's how it breaks down. Okay. You did something. Uh, you did something that I think we need to acknowledge in that you made this a crossover fan fiction with Goodwill Hunting. Almost. A crossover would actually have Will show up, which I want to see now. <laughs> or Ben Affleck. But, but I think the spirit of it is there. Yes. Because, because he ported characters and uh situations from one property into an event in another property which is a a beautiful mashup that uh that i imagine you could see in fan fiction again being a guy who does not read fan fiction i'm just i'm kind of bsing there when when kevin smith does his talk salad and scrambled eggs the fraser reconsidered podcast they do live shows they do fan fiction and Kevin oh. Smith's is always what he calls Fraser Bane, where he just Ooh. makes Bane play the role of Fraser, <laughs> and it's just hysterical. Oh, see, oh that's beautiful. Goodness. I love that, and that's yeah. exactly what we have yeah. here. Yeah, we I have like we have Quoth playing the part of Will Hunting. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. So you are actually getting bumped up in my books. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of okay, out of. Uh, the one talent, or I'm sorry, the one talent in Quoth's pocket. I think you got. Uh, oh, oh, he's got man. a talent. Well, I, I guess you said he had two uh, drabs, didn't you? Hmm. I used drabs. Yeah. 
Well, out of a whole talent. That was right, correct? Yeah. yeah. Grabbed everything. Actually, yes. that was one of the details I really liked. Nailed it. Yeah. You said the money in his pocket, which I love. Uh, Marcus, remind me the conversion rate of this money, would oh you? Oh, my so, goodness. Ten jots to a talent. Ten jots to a talent. And ten drabs to a jot. Ten drabs, drabs to a jot. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Well, I am giving you, out of an entire talent, mm. I'm actually going to give you eight mm. silver sickles. Whoa! And a copper nut. I'll take it. I'll take Boy. it. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, so I, I would highly recommend anybody that's listening to this and also to you guys to uh, rewatch Goodwill Hunting, available now. <laughs> um, I believe you can see it on Netflix. I just, uh, I own the Blu-ray, which I got from Amazon. And uh, you can also watch that scene on YouTube, which is what I did. So, enjoy. How, how about this amazing book that, uh, <laughs> that this is based off of, The Name of the Wind? Marcus, where can you find that? Oh, yeah, you can get it wherever books are sold. Uh, you can buy it on your ebook readers, your Kindles, your Nooks. It's published by DAW. Go out, buy it, read it. It's on Audible. Nick Podell does an excellent narration. Uh, and then you can read the second one. Then you can join us all in waiting for the third one. And, uh, yeah, please. And it is not the movie in the name of the king a dungeon siege tale no connection no connection starring who zero connection andrew who stars in that film jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> all right we gotta revisit uh, king killer chronicle for wise man's fear which is the next book in the series like marcus said check it out oh yeah uh, but uh andrew you're not allowed to read it because we need another episode out of this <laughs> And Eric, I, I don't read. Eric, you you and I need to. Uh, Eric, you and I need to find a Jason Statham movie for Andrew to sham fic. Oh, we have to. Because I want to hear that voice for an entire reading. <laughs> All right, beautiful, fantastic. All right, Good guys. Job, well, Andrew. Yeah, well Thank done, you. Andrew. Thank you, guys. Thank you to whoever is out there listening to this. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, this is Two Jackets Productions with Sham Fiction, and we will see you next time. Well, we won't see you, but whatever. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, bye. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at ShamFiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. ShamFiction. Write what you don't know. Well, hello, ShamFiction listeners. Andrew here, using my sexy voice for this tease for next week's show. Marcus will be our writer, and we'll be pitching him a property that just might pitch a few tents of his own. Open up a bottle of white wine and relax as we talk about creative uses for neckties, business negotiations of an unusual sort, and a man of singular tastes. Have a heart and listen, won't you? Next time on Sham Fiction.